Good Tuesday, May the 24th, everybody. Um, I can't believe we're almost done with May and, and June is right around the corner. Um, but we are, so let's make the, the best of it. We can't, I always kind of feel like every time I go into a month, you know, I don't want the month to go too fast because each month has something incredibly beautiful and wonderful about it, you know, seasonally speaking and and just just attitudes in general around it. Even, even what you go by in the store kind of has that movement. I just, yeah, you just want to relish it. I think we really do need to take the time to relish those things in our lives and not hurry them up too much. Well, today's reading I'm going to talk about, I want to reflect on is from, is the Acts, the Acts chapter 16, 22 through 34. And here we are with Paul's second missionary journey. He's hanging around with Silas. Mark hasn't joined him yet here. And um, it starts out by talking about this crowd in the city of Philippi, uh, joins in the attack on Paul and Silas. And the magistrates, the leaders in the the community leaders and stuff, have them beat up and all this kind of stuff and and throw them in jail. Not a very good scenario. Well, there's a little bit of background to the situation. Like, hey, why, why are they beating up Paul and Silas? Well, they go into this town and they start doing some really cool things with people. And people are coming close to Jesus. And some person that they encounter happens to be a, um, a, a woman, a slave girl, they say, who is working at this temple as a divinizer, you know, reading fortune telling kind of a thing, but, you know, deeper than deeper than that. And, and they get this conversation with her and she turns and accepts this message. Well, when she does that, she has this conversion, this turning, this metanoia, this moving to a new direction. And all of a sudden, um, the folks who owned her um, lost the source of income. So they're not really happy. Paul and Silas just cost them a few dollars, probably more than a few dollars. Lots of you know visitors coming into town and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, they convince everybody to throw them in jail. And so they do. So the town town leaders do that. And that's kind of where we start. And it says that after, about midnight, reminds me of a song, right? No, that's after midnight. About midnight, while Paul and Silas were praying um, and singing hymns to God, as the prisoners listened. I thought it was kind of a little interesting line. As the prisoners listened. So here we are. It's not just like Paul and Silas are in this jail all by themselves. You know, I'm kind of like watching Andy and Mayberry or or, you know, the Andy Griffith show back when. Okay, some of you may not remember that. But, you know, you go into a little county jail and there's like that, that one little room and people are in there laying down and just waiting for the next morning so they can get out. I mean, this is probably a bigger bigger prison and there's a whole bunch of different people in there, lots of other prisoners. But they're sitting in the darkness. I think that's the point of midnight. This, the night has come in. Total darkness. And all of a sudden, people hear this singing. You know, it's like, where is this coming from? Why is this coming? You know, and the prisoners listened. You know, in the middle of the darkness, even after being beat up and mugged, Paul and Silas are a testimony to the light. And suddenly was a severe earthquake that the foundations of the jail shook and all the doors flew open. We think about some other situations where, where the angels kind of did that, helped out uh, Peter and others who were thrown in jail. And the chains of all were pulled loose. Now, the interesting thing here is, is the chains of all, not just Paul and Silas, the chains of all 
So all these other prisoners are in there, and their chains have come off. They're out of the wall. Maybe they're still hanging on. They're wearing them still, but, you know, little things are dangling and stuff. And when the jailer woke up, like, hmm, he must have thought it was a pretty good night, but maybe maybe the earthquake kind of woke him up, you know, would, would wake me up. And he saw the prison doors wide open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Now, that doesn't sound like a fun thing, and it sounds kind of like a weird thing. But here's the deal. His job was to make sure that nobody ever escaped. And if that happened, the jailer themselves would be executed for the prisoners escaping. So there's a couple things here. First of all, he's just going to avoid what's going to happen to him. And secondly, he obviously didn't check on anything. He just assumed. Now, how often do our lives, when something happens and we think there's a panic moment, do we just assume the worst and not take the time to check it out? I think that's a good thing for us to remember. So, Paul helps him out. All of a sudden, Paul yells, Hey, you, down the hall, don't do anything to yourself. And he's like, what? You know, like, he hears this this word. He says, do no harm to yourself. We are all here. God's deliverance was not just for all those prisoners, not just for Paul and Silas or all those prisoners, but God's deliverance was for the jailer as well. God's love is all-encompassing, all-inviting, always goes out to everyone. He's inviting the jailer into this relationship himself. Don't harm yourself. We're here. We're all here. Now, if I was one of those other prisoners, frankly, I don't know if I would have listened to Paul and Silas. I might want to say, hey, I'm out of here. See you. Goodbye. But something happened. Maybe it was in those singing, those hymns, and something happened that transformed their lives as well. So it wasn't just the jailer who was transformed, but all those prisoners as well. And he comes in. He asks for a light. He rushes in. Trembling with fear, he falls down before Paul and Silas. And it's like, who are these people anyway? Like, you know, what kind of sign must this have been to him to think, you know, like, Come on, guys, who wouldn't escape by this situation? What kind of people are you? Are you something else? Now, in this pagan society, in this polytheistic society with other gods, perhaps this jailer is thinking the gods have come down and did something, you know, or talking to him. But no, Paul and Silas, no, 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 they reassure him of this. And then he realizes, well, what, what do I do? What do I do to just kind of have what you and all these other people all of a sudden have? And he simply says, believe in the Lord Jesus. You and your household will be saved. So what does he do? Like any good person, you know, who's, who has experienced something really great and just found a couple people, you know, out of jail, hanging around the street in need of a, a bath and maybe a meal, he just takes them home. And I'm sure his, his wife and the rest of the family must have been really excited about that. But he takes him home and says, at that hour of the night, like, okay, I could just imagine what Colleen would say if three in the morning, I said, oh, guess who's here? But anyway, I don't know. I'd probably say the same. She brought somebody home at three in the morning. Anyway, another story. So anyway, he says, takes him home. He bathes their wounds. He takes care of them. You know, and not only that, 
the whole family comes and takes care of him. And indeed, the whole family follows the household head, this jailer, and gets baptized. And following the baptism, following the fact that this whole household gets baptized, they celebrate. Often what we do in baptisms, right? On Sunday, it's like, hey, deacon, um, what time is it? You know, we got lunch at two. No, I, that's, anyway, you know what I mean. The point is, we celebrate, celebrate the sacraments. We celebrate these beautiful moments in our lives. And how does he do that? Sounds like the Gospel of Luke provides a meal. Time to go to table. Come together. Hospitality follows something beautiful. And what does that hospitality lead to? Anytime we're hospitable to others, anytime we feel someone's been hospitable to us, it ultimately leads to joy. And they rejoice. They have been led to joy and they're rejoicing. So if you're looking for a little joy today, check out the unexpected. Have dinner with someone maybe you're not planning. Happy Tuesday, everyone.